thank you for your presence today. Soul searching can be an unenviable task, particularly if we are unwilling to stand before God and see ourselves as He sees us. Are we truly living for Christ? Are we bearing witness of true salvation? Or are we just going through the motions without fruit that bears true conversion? Are we dealing with our spiritual deficiencies? Are we confessing and repenting of our sins and depending on God to strengthen us? Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts wisdom to us today. His spirit. And Father, we pray now that you would just help me now to preach your word as given from Holy Scripture. And um, I pray, Father, that people not meander around on the internet, on, on, on technology, but uh, stay with the scriptures, stay with the word, and uh, restrain the work of the enemy that desires to snatch the seed of the word right from the hearts and minds of your people. We thank you for what you're going to do in this message today. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Amen. We're continuing our series uh, that's uh, found um, in Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24. Uh, those are the key uh, theme scripture. Uh, Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24 and then 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. Those are the theme scriptures as we are actually be uh, moving all around the scripture. Uh, we've been doing this, um, this message since the first Sunday in January and we're going to continue it and hopefully, hopefully if the Lord's will, we'll finalize it on family day. Uh, this message is entitled, the series, A Soul-Searching Evaluation for Genuine Salvation and Spiritual Maturity. A Soul-Searching Evaluation for Genuine Salvation and Spiritual Maturity. A Soul-Searching Evaluation for Genuine Salvation and Spiritual Maturity. If we're going to experience revival, if we want to see God take us to new levels and new spiritual dimensions in him, then it is critical that we uh, set that we sit before the Lord and use this spiritual diagnostic inventory, self inventory to ask ourselves these questions and then make the necessary spiritual adjustments so that we can see God do a new thing with us and through us to the glory of Almighty God. How many of you all want to see God take it to another level in Christ? I mean, it's not just going to happen. You just can't wish yourself there. You just can't hope you get there. It is critical that you take proactive steps to, to get to new spiritual levels in Christ to the glory of God. And for a number of Sundays, we've been asking a series of, of poignant, penetrating, uh, self-evaluation uh, questions so that we can make the adjustments to be all that God intends us to be. So today we have another series of questions. And then next Sunday we have another series of questions. And then we're going to articulate and we're going to matriculate through these questions as given by the Spirit of God. Are y'all ready for the continual, the, the continual self-evaluation? Number one, is your aim, purpose, and passion 
to glorify God and honor the Lord Jesus Christ? Or do you steal God's glory, which belongs exclusively to him? What a question. Is it your aim, your purpose, and passion? It's critical questions you need to be writing down. Is it your aim, purpose, and passion to glorify God and honor the Lord Jesus Christ? Or do you steal God's glory, which belongs exclusively to him? The word of God says, I will not uh, share my glory or give my glory to another. Why? Because he's God all by himself. And beside him, there is none other. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God in your eating, uh, in your fellowship, socializing, where you go, what, uh, in everything you do, you do all to the glory and honor of God. What, what's it, what does it mean to glorify God? It means to exalt God, to give him praise, to give him honor, to pay homage to him. As a matter of fact, it says in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, you, oh, you are worthy, O oh Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. In other words, we need to praise God for his creation. Everything you see. Everything that you can see, the trees, the dirt, the stars, the moon, the galaxies, everything, the animal kingdom, the the sea creatures, everything was created by God. And and, and for you to create anything yourself, you have to use God's stuff. (laughs) That's right. God took nothing and made what? Something. Nobody else can take nothing and make something. You got to take something to make something. But God, because of who he is, being God, can take absolute nothing. And by the power of his word, create universe and even create man and woman in all that we see and experience. You are worthy. You are to be honored, O oh Lord, to receive glory and honor. You know, this is even, even if we not only give God glory on earth, but we also give him glory where? In heaven, God will receive his glory from angels, from, from the redeemed, from, from the heavenly creatures. All will praise and exalt the name of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, in Revelation chapter 5, verse 13, it says, And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth. Even in the demonic realm and such as are in the sea and all that are in them. I heard saying blessed and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne to the lamb forever and ever. Do you not know that not only will heaven give him glory, but people who despise God, hate God, says there is no God. There is coming a day, says Philippians, where every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Won't you say amen? amen. And when God goes down into the, uh, to the underworld and, uh, and when he goes down into to, to hell and he will pronounce victory there and even they will give him glory. 
They will give him glory. Even the demonic realm will acknowledge Jesus Christ as God. So we were created for God's honor and glory. That's why you were created. He said, well, I want you to understand why you were created. You you were not an accident. He said, but I don't know who my mama is. I don't know who my daddy is. I don't know who nobody is. God has a purpose and plan for your life and you're not an accident. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God knows you. He knows where you are. He created you for his honor, his glory, which means that we are to ascribe. Ascribe means to give to him praise, honor, and glory in everything we say. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. In everything we do, we give him glory. And when we fail to do so, the the world cannot see Jesus in us. Walk around huffing, puffing, mad, sour, bitter. The, The Lord says, shame on you. I'm not being glorified and you're not honoring me with your behavior, your lifestyle, and your attitude. We are to glorify the Lord. How do we glorify him? With our thoughts. You know, God is a whole lot of stuff. With, hey, that, that people are thinking, I'm so glad that I can't read folk minds. I probably would live in eternal depression. Because there's enough just to hear what folk are saying. If we had the capacity and the ability to read folk minds, I'm so glad God did not give us that capacity. <laughs> Amen. Because we can't even take the words of men, not to mention the thoughts of men. Huh? Oh, God, this is getting so good. We ought to glorify the Lord in our thoughts. Because what you think then is what you speak in our words. Huh? In our deeds, your actions and things you do, in your attitude, huh? in your decision-making processes, you're to glorify and honor him in your submission. If you, listen, my friend, if you don't humble yourself, God will humble you. That's why I evaluate myself. That's why I hasten to the throne of God. That's why I bow the knee to Jesus. Because if I don't humble myself, God has a way of humbling me. And not only that, God, not only that but God knows how to humble you even to the point of humiliation. That's right. How many? If you don't want to be humiliated, humble yourself. <laughs> humble yourself. Submission. We're to humble him. We humble him with what we wear. We honor him. Uh, we honor him rather with what we wear. You know, you ought to pray about what you wear. If you're not, there's a whole lot of things you wouldn't put on your body. If you, if you were praying, you wouldn't wear. You matter of fact, you'd take it and throw it away. You wouldn't even give it to goodwill for somebody else to wear. <laughs> Won't y'all say amen? Okay. And not only what you wear on your body, but uh, what, what, you, what we wear, but, but, but what we put in our bodies. You know, you don't have to be putting drugs and all of this stuff in your body and uh, marijuana laws. It's medicinal. Listen, God got other things that can help you besides marijuana. Now, very few amen. We must got some marijuana smokers in here. We're not getting too many amens. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. <laughs> but I ain't taking it back. <laughs> I 
I said the analogy uh, a number of months ago, maybe sometime last year, I never forget. I was going to my uncle so-and-so's house, and I was going to a conference, a Bible conference. See, y'all laughing, y'all already heard it, but some of y'all haven't heard, hadn't heard it, so I'll just share it because the Lord just gave it to me just then. And so I had my little bags and stuff, and um, I had another, one of the uh, preachers, Maranatha, with me. And, and uh, so I said, I haven't stopped by my uncle so-and-so house because I haven't been to California in a long time. This was years ago, by the way, so don't, don't try to figure it out now. It was many years ago. And so I went there, and here he opened the door, and I said, how you doing, Uncle So-and-so? Hey, how you doing, nephew? And he didn't know I was coming, and I surprised him. And to <laughs> Man, I started smelling this stuff. You know, some stuff I don't care. You can't smother out. <laughs> you can't smother. And I, that stuff started getting all in my clothes, and I... I told the, the guy, I said, man, it's time to get out of here. What if they had some kind of sting operation? I'm on my way to a Bible conference, just as innocent as I could be. Then he comes and takes us all to the L.A. County Jail. And I'm calling uh, somebody from here. Hey, come bail me out, get me out of here. And there's no way I can convince them of the real account. You know, everybody in jail is not guilty. Many are, <laughs> but everybody is not guilty. And uh, I could have been just innocently, you know, incarcerated, just trying to make a visit on a long time uncle. I was just at the wrong place at the wrong time, and that sting operation came, and he'll go to, and then he'll, I'm all on the internet, preacher on marijuana. <laughs> In your body. Inside your body, you know, and then I was fasting in prayer time, by the way. And some of y'all putting too much sugar in your body. Yeah. Y'all are just fasting in prayer time, so I'm getting ready to give up. Some of you is too much caffeine. Some of you is too much stuff that turns into sugar. You know, t- too much carbohydrates, too much bread and pasta and rice. You know, and you just like that stuff, and I do too. I'm not lying. I do too. Sometime I want me a greasy Chester burger. I don't want no turkey burger. <laughs> I'm still on number one. I got a long ways to go. But, but, but what I'm saying, it is, it is time for us to surrender and when we in a life of surrendering, will glorify God. Uh, what we put in our bodies, uh, our motives. Why are you doing what you're doing? Uh, you you to honor and praise Him in your marriage. How you treat your spouse, your attitude towards your spouse, being able to forgive your spouse, to enjoy your spouse that you'll be miserable with sometimes. Uh, your parenting, enjoying your children, their moments notice from being away. Uh, how we manage God's money that he's allotted to us. And even in the midst of conflict, how you glorify God. There's no such thing as is, 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 is a marriage without conflict. A school without conflict, a church without conflict, a staff without conflict. Those, th- as long as you have people, you're going to have some conflict because we all have a sin nature. Okay, and conflicts won't be done away with till we go home to be with Jesus. And so, but you know what? When when the conflict comes, it's not. The conflict, sometimes God permits these things and sometimes God can use big things as a conflict and little small things. 
in a way as a way of checking you out and seeing your spiritual condition. And so God will allow certain things to intrude so that you can see where you are spiritually. And a lot of times in the midst of conflict, what becomes the issue is you and your, you become more the issue than the conflict because of your inability to control yourself or to use self restraint and self-discipline in the midst thereof. And you become big. So the issue is no, it's no longer the conflict. It's the, the issue becomes you and you overshadow everything because of a wrong or hurt or whatever you think that particular thing is. Do you honor God in conflicts or do you just shut door slam? Do you run away? Do you hide? Do you, do you stay bitter? You know, you find a way to get even, uh, kind of, uh, you got a, an agenda of evilness that the person don't even realize you have that you're at odds with. And they don't even know you're at odds with them many times. Number two, second question, are you in God's will for your life or is there still uncertainty as to what God is calling you to do? Now, this is a big one. Are you in God's will for your life or is there still uncertainty as to what God is calling you to do? Here's a marvelous scripture as it relates to that. In the book of Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 and 10, you'll find these marvelous words uh, from the beloved apostle Paul to the church of Colossae. And it reads, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10, that you may walk what? Worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You need to highlight that and and bracket it, put asterisk and all these things around it. It's a critical verse. For the being in the, for the will of God. So here's the question I pose to you. How does one discern God's will for his or her life? You know, some people, that's a real good question because people are struggling in that area. And some people are 50 and 60 and 70 years old and still doesn't, still they do not know God's will for their lives. And some people discover God's will quite early in life. But let me give you, this is not a comprehensive list, list but it's a good guide to help you uh, get into God's will. How does one discern or know God's will for his or her life? Well, here's how you do. Here's how, here's, here's how you can know. Um, pray and cry out to the Lord that you be filled with the knowledge of his will. In other words, cry out to God. God, I'm 20 years old. Listen, well, you you 20 years old, 18 years old, and you're trying to decide what college you want to go to, what career you want to go in. Do you want to go to the military or do you do you want to be a plumber? Do you want I mean, do you want to be an astronaut? Do you want to be an engineer, an architect, whatever, teacher, lawyer or the president of the United States? How do you know unless God guides you? You say, well, what you need to do is cry out, God, I need to know your mind in my life. You know the beginning and the end. God, help me to know. Matter of fact, 
say no to me until you know me. N-O, know me right into your will. That's right. That's right. I mean, block every thought, every desire that's going to take me from your will. I want, if, you, if you're 20 years old, 18 years old, 30 years old, 50 years old, 70 years old, you still need to know God's will for your life because if God, since you're alive, he has purpose and direction for this season in your life. You say, where's that? Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, 9b. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge, ask, look, and to ask. So, so, you want to know God's will, but you don't even ask. That means you got to pray. And fasting and prayer is a season of, of, of crying out to God so that he will reveal to you what he will have you to do, to do and which way he will have you to go in this season of your life. The scripture says, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Let me tell you something. If you want to know the will of God, here's how you you can know it. Live holy and walk worthy before the Lord because sin, bad attitude, and behavior will cloud God's plan and purpose for your life. Okay, you got to live what? Y'all saying that kind of low. You got to live what? God does not bless sin. Sin will cloud the purpose and will of God for your life. You can live in such a way that you'll never know what God would have you to do because sin is impeding what God wants to do with you, with you and through you. Live holy and walk worthy before the Lord uh, because sin, bad attitude, bad behavior will cloud God's plan and purpose for your life. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10a says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing. Your lifestyle should be fully pleasing to God. What we see, you look nice and dressed up. You look so holy. Right now, if you ever looked holy, you look holy now with a Bible, a nice suit, and you got good etiquette, good posture, and you're polite, and all these things. But does that carry over into your house and on the job? Uh, Or do you act one way in church and raise hell at home? You, Dr. Jekyll, and who else? Mr. Hyde. You know what it is. Two different people, split personalities. Who are you? Who are you? Fully pleasing to the Lord on that job. The people are drawn to you because of your spiritual posture and because of your love toward humanity. Another way uh, one can know the will of God. God will reveal what he is calling you to do by placing an unquenchable, unquenchable passion or burning desire Within you to do a particular thing he's calling you to do and nothing else will satisfy you until you do it. Ooh, I got, I got a park right there because I know y'all are trying to write that down. And let me give it back to you again. God will reveal what he's calling you to do by placing an unquenchable what passion a burning desire within you to do a particular thing. 
and nothing else will satisfy you until you do it. Wow. I remember when I was, God called me to preach when I was 18. That's a whole, I wish I can just recount that right now, but time won't, uh, won't permit. I, got, I have a lot of supernatural experiences that have happened in my life that would just, I mean, I mean, I have some real testimonials and time won't let me permit. Maybe I just have a need of just a chair and just chit chat about my personal life and how God has done some miraculous thing. He called me to preach when I was 18 and I pulled a Joan and I ran from God and I'm giving you the shortcut because I didn't want to be, I thought 18, I don't be called no Reverend Draper, you know, 18 years old. I said, I haven't, I haven't gone to college. I'm young and I'm all this. I said, I, I don't want, well, God, I don't. I don't want to. And I'm not going to tell you about how he called me and all that because that's a whole other story and we won't, get through, we won't get halfway through this message. We already won't get halfway through. But, but anyhow, he put a burden and an unquenchable desire in the depths of my soul that would not go away and I was totally miserable. I was even afraid to go to sleep because I know if I were to die, I would stand in his presence ashamed from having run from him and quenching the spirit of the living God. But the day I surrendered way back at 27 years of age, back in 1979, when I surrendered at the Mount Hora Baptist Church and I told the church the Lord had called me to preach his glorious gospel, the church erupted. I was so free. I was light as a feather until gravity couldn't even hold me. And now since I'm years beyond that and I look back on time I ran, I said, I wish to God I had surrendered at 18. How much farther would I have been alone? But God even used those in between years when I thought I was running to still prepare me for the ministry. And that's a whole nother story. You know, God is preparing you when you don't realize he's preparing you. You understand? But that burden wouldn't go away. It stayed there and it messed with me and I couldn't put it out and nothing could satisfy. Money couldn't satisfy. People couldn't satisfy. Nothing until God, I surrender. I give up. I could breathe like a ton of bricks had been lifted up off of me and I've been preaching ever since. And listen, I wouldn't want to do anything else but what I'm doing now because I'm in God's perfect will and plan because I'm in his calling. As confessed believers in the only true and living God, we miss out on countless blessings due to our lack of faithfulness, obedience, and service. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everything we need is at our disposal. When will we trust God enough to believe and depend on his word? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.